Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hi ho my fellow modeling peeps. Welcome to episode, what episode is this? 180. Oh, even number. 180 of the RC Roundtable. Uh, I'm Fitz Walker. Joining me is Terry Dunn. Howdy. Oh, you ain't in Texas anymore. Yeah. Poser. Hey, you can take the boy out of Texas. You can't take the Texas out of something like that. Yeah. What? Well, you're from Florida. What are you talking about? <laughs> but if you do but, the math, I was in Texas as long as I was in Florida. Probably oh, longer. So. Okay. Yeah. And Texas probably has more influence on you anyway. So. Sure enough. Okay. And right there down below me is Lee Nesmith. <laughs> Lee Ray. The, the real Texan. The real Yeehaw. Texan, yes. <laughs> the only one here that's a native. Yeah, indeed you are. You got to say something really Texan, like I'm fixing to get ready to do something or something like that. Uh, Y'all. Okay. <laughs> Most people do not think I am from Texas. They say I talk too fast. I mean, I sound more like a northerner, but I am a uh, Texas boy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, a lot of my accent got beat out of me from my northerner. When I first moved to the South, you know, people instantly says, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so welcome everybody. Uh, welcome to the RC Roundtable. And we got a really good show today. We've got a special guest. And he is, um, we're going to bring him in now or we're going to bring him in later? No, do the introduction. Then we'll just, ta-da, ta-da. Drum roll, please. Yeah. We have uh, <laughs> Scott Konoski. From KNS Metals, man, we are honored to have you. KNS, that's like bread and butter for us modelers. So, uh, if if you you're not a model unless you've used a KNS something or another at some point, I think. So I hear I'm a bad representative of the the model side of things or the hobbyist side of things, but I'm familiar with the history and I uh, I know what it means to um, the community. So thank you guys for having me on and thank you for always being such supporters of KNS. So just so you know, it's my first podcast that I get to do as a uh, employee and um, representative of the brand. So All right, we get to break you in, break you in hard. True. Yeah, <laughs> find out what happens. I can't promise that it's going to go well, but we'll we'll see what happens. Well, well thanks so much, Scott, for joining us. I uh, really appreciate it. This is uh, KNS is, I think, one of the iconic companies uh, in the modeling world. And and on that note, uh, speaking of history, what does KNS stand for? Where did that come from? So you're going to laugh a little bit, but um, so the 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 S stands for uh, Simmers. So that's the founder of KNS, uh, Wally Simmers. Um, the other founder was left very soon into the the history of KNS. So there's actually a lot of people that don't know what the guy's name is uh, <laughs> that that now own the company. I think if we asked him, he would know. But uh, that one's that detail seems to not find its way. But the S is for Simmers. That's Wally Simmers, and um, yeah, the company started in 1946. And uh, it, it's um, really, yeah, yes, yeah, we, we were business for 77 years now, and it started because of people like you it started because of hobbyists. Uh, because he wanted to find hobby metal and uh, type of stuff, and lo and behold, he just did it himself. I wonder how hard that was just after World War II when kind of metal was scarce for a while. 
or scare, excuse me. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, that's 40 years before I was born. So uh, <laughs> you got to ask a lot of people. So do you tell people the K just stands for Kronowski? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I didn't even put that together. That's actually pretty good. Maybe one day that'll be true. I don't know. Um, I'll still take over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, that, that's a great story. I always wondered about that. And so it makes sense that it's, it's, it's from the founders, presumably. And, and the other funny thing is, so so Wally Simmers was the original you know, founder, and then he owned the company for many years. Now it's actually owned by no relation at all, Wally, Wally Findis. And so... So how do you get two Wallies in one company? I don't know, but it happened. So hmm. <laughs> there's a Wally World joke in there somewhere. It's exactly. <laughs> and so I'm familiar in terms of KNS products. I'm familiar with the brass tubing, and I think uh, Music Wire is probably the one most used by RC hobbyists, either for push rods or landing gear struts, or I don't know, probably other things too. Um, what are kind of the big sellers within the whole company? Not just hobby related, but for all the different people who use KNS stuff. Yeah, so I would say our bread and butter, really, how the company kind of came to be, and I feel like where it started was through brass tube. So anything that's pretty much like brass tube um, has always kind of been where we take precedent. Um, now we do aluminum tubing we do stainless steel we do copper but um brass tube is, is typically the, the biggest one um brass rod's a big one um our aluminum pin stock is used a lot by by knife makers um in that that and we, we one thing too we if you're talking about best sellers we um actually now that we're talking about this you brought up to me recently about having a uh, aluminum telescopic pack for uh, millimeter size and in, in, in the metric right. system. And so we were actually <laughs> already on that. And then we released it because um, not uh, you helped us. You helped us kind of motivate us. Yeah, but yeah. We, we started finishing that idea up. Um, so uh, we, we feel like a lot of our telescopic packs uh, have been really well received since we introduced them in the last few years they get a lot of attention um, because instead of buying one you get a, a whole pack of stuff yeah i was going to second that i was going to say really appreciate you for introducing metric sizes of stuff and it tells going back it's just icing on the cake for that yeah so basically instead of buying three of a certain size and five different sizes each package differently one package includes one or two examples of each size that fit within each other is that essentially what a telescoping pack is yeah so so it has to be um something that has a nice like st snug enough fit where it's there's not too much room in there but um but that it always is able to telescope into each other and then at some point you know we we cut it off and then there's another pack that's introduced but um yeah it, it, in the the metric size of things there hasn't been that was the first one we haven't had another um metric pack before so i think we will start to see more of that um just we're, we're actually a really small company less than 40 45 people so a lot of us wear many hats <laughs> so yeah. where it's like hey we're coming out with a new product well we're the same people that are going to be talking on the sales team and you know going to hobby shows and going to these different um uh, trade shows and things like that so Sometimes the tension to new products doesn't always 
go the way that we want, but we get there eventually. And um, I'm glad that it's, it's been well received. So I hear you guys, I will, you know, let the powers that be know that we need more metric telescopic uh, tubing. Related to that, don't you also have a variety pack of music wire now? So yeah, that, that's brand new. Uh, so okay. probably back in March-ish, we came out with it. Um, so I can't remember the sizes, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, we, we do have, I think maybe it's like 15 pieces uh, of music wire that, you know, all go one into the next. Uh, there it is. Okay. So yeah, you guys had a ridiculous sale not long ago, kind of when you and I started talking. And yeah. that one jumped out at me like, oh, that's exactly what I need. I don't need five of one size. I need one of each size. To, to yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I bought some too. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I had some too. <laughs> so now I got to keep an eye out because um, just to give you a little more insight of what I do. So like I said, we, we wear many hats. So I'm on sales and I'm also in the marketing team, but I'm also looking, I'm pretty much the, the person you would talk to, Terry would know this, you would talk to if you're emailing our support team, uh, which is basically like, customer service side of things. So I'm answering a lot of those emails at the same time. And then I'm going through orders and being like, oh, who's buying from us? You know, because we want to be in tune with that sort of thing. So I'll keep an eye out for your names if it does come up again as well. So, Well, I have a recommendation. So the one uh, currently, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, we have the MusicWire uh, 047 uh, with 36 inches long. This stuff will go like wildfire at Camp AMA. So if you want to like be a sponsor for some students building model airplanes, I brought my package because I purchased this during that sale and it was just flying out of the tube. The kids were just oh. grabbing the 047 because it's a very good size for small to medium aircraft in those servos. And for it's push very, rods? very, excuse me, for push rods. Yeah. Okay. So, huh. well, I'm going to go back on uh, when this is, this is up, I will come back and revisit this and then we'll make that. A reality. Good. So, Good. I'll, yeah. I'll call AMA and tell them to look out for a donation from KNS because that <laughs> is a that is a great tool to have. And again, I brought it just out of knowing what these kids are going to need. And sure enough, I was glad to provide them with the uh, the supplies. Yeah, I'll I'll um I'll direct message you, and uh, you can help me set that up. I will do that. So, so I had a little bit of a go back real quick. Um, you were talking about telescoping tubes. I have something I just pulled off my workbench here. Uh, I know this is the RC roundtable, but I do plastic models, as you can probably see behind oh, me. Okay. And here is a scratch-built uh, laser cannon for a Star Wars X-Wing fighter yep. that I used, I built, scratch-built using K&S uh, telescoping tubing. I think it's aluminum. Before okay. you had a telescoping pack, so I had to manually do it, but it came out beautifully. It's not finished paint, I just primed it. But uh, you've got two sections of, of tubing that are glued together at a metal, and you got another section here, and it, it's even hollow, so it has a nice effect. You can't really, it's blurry, sorry, it's not focusing. Uh, but this, um, it works just as well for RC models. The, the tubing is great for plastic models and, and, and detailing up your model stuff. So uh, kudos to having telescoping. Yeah, I think it's the aluminum. And I have, I'm looking at several packages of KNS tubing right here on my table. For those of you listening, the SKU number for what Fitz is talking about is 3403. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because, yeah, here it is. You know, I, this is, you know, I put my money where my mouth is. I actually, it came in, it looks 
the plastic, just the way reason why I did this because the parts that come in the kit, um, they're not round. It's sort of it's plastic molded. It's got a seam line, and, it's, and it was like more oblong and circular. So I said, well, it just, looks, just looks terrible. So let's get Scott to add a line where it says common uses, and we'll just put Fitzwalker Fitz, yeah. model. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I mean, you're talking to the right guy because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So that's where I think I've grown. To, I've only been there for just a little, little over a year uh, with KNS, but I've grown to love our company because of all the different things that we've been associated with so there's there's different um there's different like prop makers and and um studios that have used us uh for example the most recent mortal Kombat movie um our brass tubing was used around the hat of i don't know how familiar with mortal Kombat you are but um the one character raiden around oh, raiden. his hat yeah, he's got the big hat, hat. Yeah. it's 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 KNS brass tube Oh. And that's that's what they use to to make that well just a detail of the hat. But I know for a fact that uh, I want to say Lucasfilm has used us. Oh, so sure. somewhere in the Star Wars universe we exist. I don't know where. Oh. I'm um, sure you exist a lot in the yeah, Star Wars I, universe. <laughs> just probably bits on a Millennium Falcon or something. <laughs> exactly. That's where I just love um, our brand because I'm a huge fan of Star Wars and cinema and things like that. So for me. Even though I don't do scratch building, uh, I always appreciate it because I just know that is like the, you know, the like kind of you don't you're never going to have like kind of the sexy, um, you know, feeling with with, you know, precision metals. But once you see its finished products like well, we're in that, that's really cool. And, and maybe that doesn't you know, happen or look as cool without us. I don't know, but uh, it's just cool to know that we're associated with those things. So I appreciate, is that for an X-Wing? Yeah, yeah the yeah. X-Wing is right here. I don't know if you saw yeah. it. Yeah, so that, but but yeah, the, the part you made, yeah, it goes on, yep. Yeah, yeah, it goes on. Yeah. It's one of the laser cannons It goes on. Uh, Perfect, that's awesome. See. Yeah. There's a and guy I, I got yeah, there's a guy I got maybe you already st um, stumble on him, but he's a, a like a scratch uh, model builder on YouTube. His name is, oh geez, Boyle Hobbies. Uh, he does a lot of like D and D um, campaigning type of um, like model builds and things like that. And you know, so I, I watch him from time to time just to see, you know, what he's building. So even though I don't do it, I'm an appreciator of it, and I, you know, love to see what you guys are doing with this stuff. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, even though I'm not really into plastics, I assume that musicians and all sorts of creators use the KNS stuff for different things. And to me, it's fun to watch those other people because I get ideas for things they're doing that can often be applied to what I'm doing. There's just a lot of crossover in those techniques. For instance, um, you guys probably saw this, Fitz and Lee. Um, one time I saw pictures or a post on Facebook of a guy who repairs brass instruments. And he had repairs he had done on the tuba valves. And he used uh, Dubro push rods and ball ends to fix the valves. Hmm. I'm like, oh, well, whoever would have thought that that happens? And it looked great when he was done. And I think he also had um, like KNS tubing over the threaded rod just to pretty it up. So yeah, I just think there's a lot of crossover and people who build things, whatever you're building, I think they have the same sort of mentality. Yeah, that's so cool. So yeah, we're we're always just appreciating what's going on, and and that's a a big part of like so when we try to put our product in stores or have new distributors pick it up, pick us up, and things like that. 
the toughest thing, or like for example, Ace Hardware is a big um, outlet that we're in, and so a lot of store owners sometimes, you know, they don't want to pull the trigger because they don't really know. Like, well, what do people use this for? It's like it's more hard. It's harder to say like what we're exactly in because we're in so much. It can be used in hardware, but it's you know, there's a lot of hobby type of things that you can do with it, and people just keep finding new ways to use it, and so it's like we'll give you the basics, but there's kind of like an endless possibility thing going on. And so the more that we see that we just try to, um, we, we try to market it because we just want to keep inspiring people, um, to do different things with it. Now, can you tell me like how this stuff comes about? Are you extruding this stuff at your, are you around Chicago? Am I right? Yeah. So we're, we're low, we're located, um, not like in the heart of the city, but we are technically in Chicago. It's just okay. on the cusp of this, like the South suburbs where that meets Chicago. Okay. But are manufacturing facilities there? Or are you importing this stuff from other people? Yeah. So, so we're, um, we're not like, uh, we, we get the supply from, uh, mills and then okay. we manipulate it ourselves and cut it. And then, you know, if you want, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but we're, we're not. So even though you've probably been buying us for years with our stock products, that's actually not where we get the majority of our business. We get it from doing custom jobs. Um, and we have many manufacturers that, that have us do like, so if you wanted five inch long brass tube and, um, you wanted, you know, a thousand pieces, um, we are, we actually will cut it for you. And there's really no extra cost to do that. Um, there's just a minimum order. Your minimum order always just has to be $125. So that's where we actually, the majority of our business comes from. It's from manufacturers or OEM type um, customers who are coming to us and, and having us do those jobs. And so that's what we, we actually do. The The retail side is actually secondary, but but that's what's gotten our name out there for so long is because we've been in stores and hobby you know, stores and things like that, that that's how people know us. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure I would have thought to reach out to you if I needed a special part. So that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. It's not, and just to be clear, it's not fabrication. It's just mm -hmm. really for the most part, like okay, I want a, a one quarter inch OD, um, you know, brass tube, but I want it cut to two inches long. Since most mm -hmm. of our products are always twelve and thirty six inches long, um, you have the ability to say like, I really instead of me doing all the the, the cutting myself. Um, I'll have KNS do it. I'll just pay them the, the minimum order or if I need, or if I need a large quantity, they'll do it. And then that way I save that labor time that I would be, you know, putting into it. Yeah. So is that like a, a kit maker could, could order a bulk quantity or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Essentially that's, that's, um, I mean, there's a lot of different, um, it, it, it comes more so in the hardware side of things, but we, like I said, we, we have so many end product um, customers that use us for, for example, like semiconductors is one of them, you know, a lot of our mm. stuff is used in semiconductors. Um, but then there's, there's your, your hobbyists too, that are, that are buying it or, or instrument makers that need it for certain things. And so they need it at a certain length and, you know, they're mass producing certain things. And so they come to us to do it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Sure. Um, I, in my brain, somewhere in the foggiest parts of the back, uh, I thought that KNS used to make a bender for manipulating a music wire. 
And I did not see that on the website. Does that exist or did it ever exist? It may have sometime existed. Um, the God's honest truth is there's certain things we had to take off the market because of um, Proposition 65, if you're familiar with it. Is that the California yes. cancer thing? Yes. Everything will kill you. Yeah, and it, yeah right? it's, it's more so it, it was just a hassle to try and get around and, and, and do that. And so a lot of the tools that you probably saw in the past, and I, I can't say that one specifically if, um, if it was a thing, um, but I know that we had to drop some things because like we, when we would get it from like a supplier and then, you know, we would do whatever we, we do with it. Um, the supplier is like, just so you know, we can't like, once you buy this, like we're not liable if something happens like, Oh, okay. So we're, we're not going to, we're not going to take that chance then. So, you know, for us to, to go around that, it was really difficult. Terry, can you describe what you're talking about? Um, I really don't understand what you're talking about. Only vaguely. I want to say it's something you could clamp into a desktop vice and it gave you some sort of moment arm to either coil or bend music wire. Okay, you're not talking about the little spring. No, I think you you could rotate it. Those that go inside the tube. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not not the spring that's for brass tubing, but for music wire. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to make your own nose landing gear that had the sprung part, you could like, coil up music wire and. Wow. So I'll like, ask when I go in. Um, I'll ask to see if anybody knows anything about it, and then I'll I'll shoot you a message. Okay. Terry, yeah, what's going to happen? Of course, someone's going to listen. They're going to go, oh, I got one of those, and they're going to mail that sucker to you. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably be Phil. <laughs> Phil's going to have one. <laughs> so, all right. Well, just put that on the list of things that California has ruined. Oh, yeah. It's difficult, man. It's just, uh, yeah, that, I'm, that's speaking of regulations and stuff like that. It's not always easy. That's uh, an example of stuff that we had to be like, all right, can't do that anymore. All right. Well, is there anything new and exciting that's coming up, either sales or products or whatever that you want to share? We already touched on the products, and that was the the aluminum uh, telescopic metric tubing, right. and then the uh, the music wire uh, assortment that you get in that pack. Um, and then something new that we're doing. I was just like laughing in my head because you're going through the website. I I and then the rest of like um, some of our marketing side we're actually redesigning the website right now to make it more functional. We've been, like I said, we've been a 75 year old business and only up until two years ago, did we actually have a website where you could purchase from. And so, you know, we live in an e-commerce world now and things like that. And because there's been unfortunately hobby stores that haven't really been around anymore, you guys I'm sure have seen it um, for us to be able to sell direct has been huge because all the people that have, you know, relied on hobby stores to find us um, now can come to us directly. So the first phase of our website, it was um, we, we let's just say we had an agency that did it for us and they didn't really understand our industry. Um, so we learned some valuable lessons by having them do that. And so we actually <laughs> clowns and balloons in the background. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> girls, girls, <Yeah>. girls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so we, we had to kind of, uh, refocus and re reconfigure what we're doing with that. So we're in the midst. Um, I'm a big part of the, the redesign of the website. Um, so I'm going through it and like laughing in my head. I'm like, this is all going to change in like 
a month and a half or so. So um, we're tracking well on that. We want to have it ready before Black Friday because hint, hint, there might be another big sale coming uh, because it's Black Friday. So So I wanted to add for those of you listening or those of you watching, their website is ksmetals.com. And one of the little uh, pop-up windows is you can get 10% off if you join their mailing list. And they have free shipping on U.S. orders over $30. Oh. And uh, overseas, it's actually 150 Uh So if you're watching from Canada or if you're watching from U.K. or anything like that, then it's actually $150. You get free shipping. Uh, wow. Just, let's that. just add California in that, too. Serves <laughs> 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 right. That's true. Country anyways. So do you yeah. have, speaking of that, do you have distributors in other countries? We do. Um, so if you, I can't think off the top of my head uh, what they all are, but on our website at the bottom in the footer, there is a spot for retailers and distributors. So it'll tell you who all of our international distributors are. Um, once again, be kind because we're in the midst of rehabbing and redesigning that whole thing. Um, so some I may not, some may not be active. Some maybe uh, that's, yeah, that that that's a that's a something that'll get fixed soon. But I want to say that the majority of what you find in there is is one hundred percent for the most part. Yeah, legit. yeah. Lee just pulled it up. There's some interesting companies, countries that pop up. That's pretty neat. Yeah. So Australia, UK, um, Canada. Korea. So we have we have a yeah we have a lot of different uh, international distributors that pick us up. Um, and then something else new too we got coming up. Uh, if you're in, uh, this is more so for I think hobby stores. Um, but some just kind of go and attend. I, there were people that were just there because they do different demonstrations, but, uh, I'll be at, uh, what's called NURSA. It's the national retail hobby store association. Um, basically it's like a, it's like a trade show. Uh, but they do have some fun stuff there too. Like if you wanted to go see like Traxxas shows up there and, um, uh, horizon hobby, and I'm sure there's some other like names that you you'd you'd recognize that that go there and then they'll they'll have a day like before we actually go in to the trade show portion of it uh, they might do model train demonstrations or they might do a rc um, boat demonstration or a lot of different stuff like that because it all fits in that world so that's how we still kind of stay and and make sure that we're having a pulse on the like the hobby store um, realm of things so is that is attendance to that limited to hobby store owners and yeah so i i feel like i've seen uh, it's aimed at like stores but Mm -hmm. i want to say i've seen people sign up and just be kind of like an attender um so when i go i'm just kind of there like hanging out at the booth and if if you know if people are interested in having a KNS, you know, display rack or like they have a distributor that they work with um, and want to pick up our line. I'm just there to, to represent our company and then um, set those things up. Uh, but you'd have to look on NRSA. So it's NR, NRHSA. That's like the acronym. Uh, if you look, it's in Vegas on October 10th and 11th. Um, so if you look that up, then you, you might be able to see if that's something that that's the, has the ability of uh, having just like a visitor pass. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But I'm not sure how that goes. Yeah. Okay. 
Right. Well, I just wanted to go quickly through the genesis of how you ended up here, Scott. So I mentioned yeah. before there was a massive sale on the website that I came across a month or two ago. And I had picked some things out and then I had a question. I think it was about the aluminum metric tubing. Yep. And I shot off an email like way after business hours and you responded at some ridiculous time at night. And we got in an exchange. And I guess after a few back and forth, it seemed like a good idea to, to have you on here just to talk about what you guys do. Um, so I don't want to set unrealistic expectations for anybody, but I just thought the 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 interaction that we had was very positive for me. In addition to the fact that I placed my order that night and I think it was on my doorstep, if not the next afternoon, but the following day, which to me, that's just crazy. So I'm not sure what magic you guys are doing to get stuff out so quickly. So yeah, I, I don't want to set any unrealistic expectations either, but I appreciate you you noticing those things because um, to be around for 75 years like we have been, I want to say there's just been a, a really committed, um, like just a commitment to customer service. Uh, we're not Amazon, so we're not going to be able to have the, the you know the backing and and the infrastructure that a, that a company like that would. Um, but for the fact that with what we do have and we're still able to impress, I think that's pretty awesome. And at the end of the day, you know, like you said, you, you kind of at a ridiculous hour, you had somebody reaching out to you. I can't promise that every time, but, um, you know, during business hours, we're really good about getting back to people. And, you know, we're only working there from 730 to about three o'clock, you know, and that's central standard time. Um, so I, I, I'm always glad to to try and you know, put my best foot forward when it comes to customers and, and get to them when, when I can. Um, so even if it means after hours and, you know, I see something that, that looks, um, just like something I want to be a part of, then I'm always trying to, to get out there and, and help people out. And so in your case, it worked out. So, uh, I'm glad that we could, you know, chat through there and then have it lead to this. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. So fellas, you have any more questions for Scott? Something about Black Friday? Yep. Okay. <laughs> hint, hint. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Okay, there you go. Just it might, to... be, uh, might be pretty similar to what you found on May, May the 4th. Which, so, you know, we started talking about Star Wars. I meant to say that. Uh, we Our anniversary of our website uh, having, you know, the ability to, to shop from, uh, it started on May 4th, 2021. And so now we have a reason to celebrate two different things. So it's our usually going to probably be our anniversary sale. I don't know how long we're going to keep doing that, but uh, we plan on doing it next year. And then um, we get to celebrate May the 4th. So it's usually somehow some way Star Wars themed as well. So it's a little bit of fun. And that's fun for me because that's a franchise, one of my favorite of all time. So uh, I'll be looking forward to maybe uh, reaching out to Fitz and having him build us something for next year, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Better get in line now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you have me intrigued. <laughs> I can't promise, but um, we've been known to throw around some crazy ideas. Hopefully we can follow through with them. So I will keep you in mind. All right. Yeah. You know that comes up, I'm going to be reaching out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. We would, uh, we'll see what, what, what comes of it, but um, we're trying to get to black Friday right now. So yeah, I understand. Well, wow, I'll say, well, you know, the you. three of us bought a lot of stuff and I highly yeah. recommend it guys. Uh, you know, do it now anyway, if you need it, the, the tubing and the music wire, et cetera, ksmetals.com. Uh, but I will tell you, I'll get with you uh, to discuss uh, 
the uh, Camp AMA yeah. needs because push Please. rod wire, good stuff. Yeah. Oh, and th th another thing too. So since we're talking about you know just community based things like that, um, if you haven't seen it before, uh, we do also have a YouTube channel and a, a series called KNS Creators Collective. And so we actually um, lately it's been more so on like the DIY maker side of things. Um, but it's that that channel is meant to be for anybody that really kind of has a relationship to KNS. Um, and is doing cool things in either the hobby or um, the furniture making uh, side of things. Our, our first episode was with Jimmy Duresta, if you know Jimmy. Um, uh, he is, uh, he's been on TV in several different shows. Uh, he had a Netflix show uh, called Making Fun. And he's kind of one of the guys that's been like the godfather of like making things on YouTube and you being able to watch somebody make a table. Um, and how they make it. And he's doing some really creative stuff um, as, as well as all the other makers and um, creatives that, that are on the channel. So so for us, if you want to take a look uh, at like shop tours and things like that, I host host it and just kind of um, prompt questions about people and their journeys through social media and YouTube and kind of being like an influencer or, or how they started their business and really where they came up. Um, so that's another cool watch. <laughs> Because they're associated with pain. <laughs> <laughs> it leaves in my mind. This so, guy here, you need to call afterwards and get so, hobby view on yeah. uh, on your show. So Two that things. that's yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, well, I'm um, sorry to interrupt you. I'll let you talk. No. Uh, just uh, two things. Yeah, I have my own channel that I, I do build stuff. And I also belong to a local makerspace as well. Perfect. So when you said maker, I really caught my attention. So I had no idea you had a YouTube channel like that. So I'll have to pass that along to my fellow makerspace people. Yeah, we slowed down with it a little bit um, just because um, my partner in that, uh, Ted, uh, he, like I said, we're all wearing many hats and we all have the love of many different things. Uh, so he's had uh, a child in the last year, and then he's got another one on the way. So we had to kind of take a little bit of a step back because of that. Um, but once we we kind of get some things, like once we get this website done, and once we tidy up a few other things around the business, we plan on stepping back into that world because you know, there's so many different stories. And that's the thing. KNS isn't necessarily the focus of a lot of those videos, um, but they are with people who know who we are and, and use us and so we do dedicate a section of, of that and maybe their history with KNS and how they came to know us and how they use us so there's a lot of different components to those videos but um check it out and then uh, once again down the line hey scott do you like delorean do you like delorean <laughs> scott i love it come, why don't you come to houston come see me and fitz <laughs> He'll, All right. He'll show you his DeLorean. He'll use some KNS metals somewhere on the DeLorean. You can add that oh. footage to your video, and, and then he'll show you his garage, and I'll never see you again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because uh, that's the cool thing about doing that is like you're you're hitting all my favorite franchises of all time. You know? <laughs> if it's yeah. Star Wars, it's it's Back to the Future, uh, Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings, all that stuff. So so at, anytime, yeah. You got to call your boss and say this is going to take me longer than I thought. I'll, I'll have to be here a couple more days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yeah, I, I'm interested to uh, to see more from you guys too. So I, I can't wait to, to check more out. All right. Well, thanks for coming by, Scott. This has been fun. Yeah, 100%. Thank you guys so much for having me. And um, I'm sure I'll be seeing some orders come through at some point in time. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, hey, maybe maybe what we should do, 
just go ahead and start the code. Let's make up the code right now, the RC Roundtable code, and we'll uh, we'll offer some kind of discount, right? Two percent off. <laughs> let's make it. Up. Let's just make it up. what an extra ten percent cost. There you go. <laughs> well, I did stop there. I did drop the Black Friday hint, so hopefully that will uh, be fresh in people's minds. So yeah, when, thank you. You heard it here first, Black Friday. You did. I mean, hundred yes. percent. Save your pennies. Yeah, exactly. if you order something in the notes, say the RC Roundtable sent us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, like like I said, you know, keep us informed with what's going on with the community. If there's any opportunities to to serve and and give back, um, we always love to do that as well for having such a strong support over the course of seventy five years. So, what's a good email address to reach out to anyone at KNS with either questions about products or ideas for new products, anything like that? Sure. Typically, you'll find me running this, but support, so S-U-P-P-O-R-T, at ksmetals.com. Um, it's a good spot to just start, and you know, it, then it, usually I'll filter it to where it needs to go. So if you had a question about, I, I mentioned the, the manufacturing um, uh, custom cut jobs. You know, if, if you have a question about that, I can get you to the right person to uh, go in more details with that, too. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, guys. You have a good one, all right? Right, we do. Hey. Thanks so much. Wow, fantastic! Right. Great yeah. first first podcast. He did excellent. That's yeah. What fantastic. a wallflower! Yeah. <laughs> if only he would open up and speak his mind. I really really yeah. need to let go. <laughs> well, I'm glad we were able to do that because uh, Scott and I have been chatting for. I didn't realize that sale was May the fourth, so we've been chatting yeah. for several months now to to try to pull it together. But it was mostly our schedules that mm. that prevented that because a lot of our recent episodes have been, "Hey, you want to record tonight? Okay, let's do it." So we. This is the first time we've had some planning ahead of time where we could do that with him. So you can check that box. All right. Thank you for setting that up, Terry. Yeah, sure. So what do you guys want to talk about next? We're 45 minutes in. We've got a long and distinguished list of things we want to uh, cover. So we can... Just cut my part out. We don't need me. No, I want to hear your part. Just don't get sappy and emotional. Get some tissues now. I'm kind of concerned <laughs> if, we, if we talk about the second topic, I'm going to get off and pretty angry since you already started it with your little name right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, my call sign tonight is Red Schmid. <laughs> so we're on the cusp of the oh. red rule going into effect. Next month, right? Yeah. I'm yeah, not there's not much to talk about. Everybody knows how we feel about it. I think most people know what it's about. Um, there are, I guess one of the things we had here was a new product. And just today, Horizon released their RID module, which I've actually done some research on this stuff recently. So I'm somewhat aware of the RID module offerings. You know, let's just cover it for the people who have been living under a rock and don't know. What does RID stand for? Um, <laughs> remote ID. And if you're not remote ID, what is that? <laughs> if you're not flying at Afria, which is an FAA recognized uh, inclusion area, no, no, what is identification Ident identification area? That's what it is. If you're not flying at an AMA club that has had their um, Fria request approved, then approved as <laughs> approved. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think there's still some question for clubs who have it pending. They've submitted the request, but they haven't heard back yet. So if they still don't have an answer on September 16th, are they supposed to have a module? I don't know. 
Um, yeah. But anyway, oh, so oh, I had one other thing too. Does it apply to aircraft under 250 grams? No. Okay. So if it's under 250 grams, you don't have to register it. You don't have to um, put no matter a where you fly. On it. Okay. Right. Um, so basically, there's a handful of off-the-shelf modules that are available. They are not all created equal. I assumed that many companies would be aiming for the bare minimum because that's what most modelers want. I only want the smallest, lightest widget to satisfy this dumbass rule at the lowest cost. What do I do? Um, that There's very few of those out there that I've seen. Um, I think the two most practical ones that I've seen are the one from Flight Test and this new one from Horizon. And of those, the Horizon one seems more practical because it has a box around it. The flight yeah. test one is just a bared PCB from yeah. the looks of it. This one seems a little more uh, finessed, or we want to call it, uh, polished. Yeah. Now, so, uh, make a mention that, that we both we saw them both at uh, Oshkosh, at the yep. EA Adventure, they had them both on display. Yep. So talking about the Spectrum Sky ID module, um, it's a Bluetooth 4, Bluetooth 5, outputs a signal. It, I could list all the things that it does, but there is no personal information in that uh, link. So yes, people on their phone with the RID app can receive your signal and know where you're flying from, but they won't know your name and your address and your mother's maiden name and all that stuff. Um, but related to that, when you buy one of these, you register the serial number and model of your RID module with your FAA registration account. So when your friendly local law enforcement officer receives your your RID signal, they can cross-reference your registration number with all that personal information. So are you allowed to transpose this the module from different models? Yes, you theoretically could have one RID module and move it from airplane to airplane. Um, you know, there's lots of fine print on all this, but yeah. And then with something like this Sky ID, it's powered conceivably through the receiver. They, I think it has different patch cables where one of them is a standard three pin that goes into your receiver like a servo and it can be powered from that. I forget what the voltage range is, but like four to a jillion volts. Um, Ooh, so right. I think most people will just plug it into an empty slot on the receiver. Um, so then the question becomes, how accessible is your receiver? If you're switching it between two models and you have to remove a wing to, to do that. I mean, I mean, all of this is under the umbrella that this whole rule is stupid and unnecessary and a burden and is not going to help anything. So we get that and we're not arguing any of that. But if you're just trying <laughs> to not make a point and go to jail for something this stupid, here's one approach to... Yeah, them. I don't see people air airdropping contraband into prisons using this RFID module. Right. So I'm sure all the criminals are buying the mother on sale um, to outfit <laughs> their illegal drones. Um, so anyway, th this one, from what I've seen, is the most practical. And one thing that surprised me is some of the lighter, cheaper RID modules that are out there, and they seem to be made in Europe, they don't include the GPS component. So they can only be used if you have a drone or some other device that has GPS already integrated into it, and the module will talk to that GPS. So if you just go to the list, I think the FAA has a list out there. If you're only going by the price, you might pick one that doesn't have what you need. So yeah. again, from the, the small cursory check that I've done, the Spectrum one seems to be the, 
the most practical um, unit for people who just want to satisfy this stupid, dumbass, needless rule um, without uh, going to jail. I want to find one kind of nice thing about it, though, is that since it has, at least the Spectrum one has the GPS in it, and it can also be passed through telemetry, it would make a really good lost model finder. Okay. All right. Thank you for that silver lining, Fitz. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> So when you get there, the FAA will be waiting for you. <laughs> well, well, You're yeah. looking for this? <laughs> <laughs> right, so I, there, I think the list price is $99.99, called 100 bucks. The intro price is what, $70? $69.99. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. It sucks. It is what it is. But if you're wanting to play the game, that, that's one reasonable option. To an unreasonable game. <sighs> Lee, come on. You've done well biting your tongue. Is there anything you need to say? I don't want you to explode. For those of you who are in within listening range. <laughs> <laughs> Lee's mom turned the podcast off right now. It, come back you know, in a few minutes. It, it, it's who I am. I, I unfortunately let things get to me, you think? <laughs> Surprise. And I just... I, I I'm happy to see that there are people supporting the AMA on the internet right now because the remote ID stuff specifically because spectrum has been pushing out this module like this week. And today I saw tons of retailers sharing the link and then people are just going off on every post, but someone posted it on the iFly AMA group, which is an AMA supported group. And this guy just tore into the AMA with his title saying the AMA is to blame for this, blah, 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 blah. But it does bother me that people are willing to give up their AMA membership thinking we had something to do with this. And what I always wish we could do is give the direct email addresses for the idiots who have been pushing this down our throats. Like those people that hide behind the name defense department or FAA, who are the ones who are really tightening the belt on us and giving us denials for clubs that have been flying for years that will not change the safety risk of the flying site by adding this stupid little piece of plastic into their aircraft. You know, Amen, brother. Fitz, I, I applaud you for your, <laughs> the light at the end of the tunnel idea. So it's brilliant. It's completely thrown me uh, off my, my little uh, soapbox here because it's that is a great idea. But the fact is that the FAA thinks this is the solution for risk for uh, uh, what do you call it? Mitigating risk for full scale aircraft, avoiding little model airplanes that have been flying in the same damn place for years. Yeah. Okay? In fact, or it doesn't parks for the same yeah, the fact that it doesn't tune it doesn't connect with ADSB is was one big clue that this really wasn't for safety, at least in that and context. You you guys are just going to mute me or stop me because I, <laughs> I know I'm a, I'm a broken record here, but I I'm working with a field right now that's been denied because they're too close to an airport. Well, they actually fly on an airport and they have a letter of agreement with the airport, but some pencil pusher or return key clicker, uh, whatever we call it, delete key clicker on, key at the FAA, who who probably just got, you know, pulled out of the, off the street to say, hey, would you like a job for $15 an hour um, to make the decision that 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 doesn't look right. They shouldn't be flying where their airplanes are and then just hit the denial key, which then makes this remote ID module suddenly and magically have everybody who's flying there okie dokie. And the big the fear we disappears. have, the, the risk disappears. You're exactly right. It's it's insane. 
But the next level that could take, and it's again, can't blame the AMA for this, is what if the FAA says, you know what, we really don't want anybody flying there. Now we're going to put SFRs. Or now we're going to forbid you guys from flying there. Wait, what was SFR? SFR, yeah. Safety uh, uh, flight restriction. Secure flight restriction, like DC. So you can't fly there, period. So you can't fly anywhere. A no-fly zone, basically. A no-fly zone, exactly. Not a TFR, not a temporary one, but actually, no, you can't go there. Right. And to be clear, from the standpoint of the three of us, it's not about the 100 bucks for the module. It's not about $5 for registration. And it's not about the half ounce that the thing weighs. It's not about any of those technical things. It's really about the incursion of the FAA into things that just aren't helping. And the big picture is that all these little things that they're chipping away make it tougher for the kids who are interested in this stuff to get involved. And you can chart that. If you chart RC aircraft sales, when registration hit, boom, there was a cliff there. And I just imagine when red hits, there's going to be another cliff of sales, which suggests that kids who would be getting into models because they're interested in aviation and might go on to a career as a pilot or an engineer or something, this is scaring them away for no, no benefit whatsoever. And so to and, me, and actually you, you mentioned something earlier, people with a device that can see this, see the signal, the Bluetooth four or five signal, we could have a, a, a risk of several Karens on our hands. Not that they know who we are, but just saying, I picked up a, a drone flying too close to me. I need you guys to come do something about it. Yeah, I guess there's that. I don't worry so much about that aspect because I think the range of the Bluetooth stuff is going to be visual line of sight anyway in most cases. And so they were going to see you flying that thing with or without the, the signal. So I don't know if that risk is any increased because of this, but I won't poo-poo it completely. So anyway, should we move on to happier well, things? Uh, did Fitz want to add anything else to that? Mr. Too Hexy for my cat? <laughs> Too Hexy for my cat. Yeah, you got the reference. Uh, no, there's nothing like useful I could add to it. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's what Horizon should have done. They should have advertised this as a lost model finder. <laughs> definitely not a remote id it's well you know what Vince? you could at least call him and say hey if because you can't sell anymore because no one's yeah. buying them hey let's paint them a different color <laughs> and ch change the name it's brilliant it'll, yeah. it'll make your airplane go faster it'll charge your batteries in flight yeah. Fitz, you got to come up with a good name and a good little slogan for it and it's done man <laughs> <laughs> The Find Me module. All right. Speaking of Horizon, uh, they did announce a new product. Was it last week, last Tuesday or Thursday? That yeah. uh, SR seventy one. Very interesting, yeah. huh? Yeah. So it's interesting that they they had a teaser. And they had like a snake, a habu, right? And I have to admit, as an airplane geek, I never knew that SR seventy one was called the habu. Oh, really? It was always called the Blackbird, right? Where did the Habu come from? Yeah, I was confused a little bit because I saw that snake, which looks like the traditional Habu symbol, yeah. but their their regular EDF, their sport EDF is called a Habu. So right, like, right. Uh, are, they, are they getting me here? But they already had a small Habu. Anyway, so it's a smallish SR-71. It appears to be the same power system of twin 40-millimeter fans, 
of the F14 uh, that I have down in my shop. Which motivated F14 pretty good. So it no. does. It's I forgot what it is. 500 something watts. It's just ridiculous how much power those things wow. put out on a four cell. Yeah. Wow. Um, so my first thought with this, because if you guys remember talking about the F14, my main concern was that all gray color scheme is just stinking hard to see sometimes on a small airplane that moves that quick. Yeah. And then, of course, an SR-71 is all it's black a, all the time. It's just a silhouette. <laughs> yep. So I find it interesting that it comes with two sets of vertical stabs, uh, one all black, one bright red. So I'm sure that's meant to address visibility issues. Mm. For you. For me, yeah. The, yeah, I like to think that I uh, had some influence on that. There it is. Look at that. Yeah, it's got details. I like the the nose, the cones on the engine inlets. It's pretty cool. It's oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, you know, I didn't even think about that. It, yeah. It's a for real EDF, I guess. Huh. And a real titanium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> does it really leak fuel too <laughs> oh that's yeah that's yeah. very interesting so what is the forward swept area with those inlet ducts and does it matter fan swept area fan that's what i meant <laughs> yeah that's connection. impressive that they got that good performance and they've got those those cones and an intake that's unless they got some cheater holes somewhere maybe but uh, yeah I mean, the videos of it look pretty impressive yeah, yeah. i saw that it's got and, the uh, s3x on it yeah, and I assume it has some sort of programming like the F-14 did that just kind of limits uh, how sharply it can turn. Is it, With a delta like this, you can get yourself in trouble pulling sharp turns. Oh, yeah. Kill a lot of energy real fast. But Behind a power curve. Yeah. Power so, drag uh, curve. And somewhat scale landing gear. I I think it's like the F-14, you just plug it in or out. It's not actual retracts. Yeah, that's what I read. That's what I interpreted when I read it. Yeah, uh, but the yeah. triple mains with the aluminum-looking finish on them, so it does have some neat scale features. Yeah, it's really surprising that yeah, the landing gear looks great actually. Look at that. Yeah, even though it's not retractable, it's pretty yeah. cool looking. <laughs> oh, yeah, it looks great on the ground, but you know when you have an SR seventy one in the air, you want it all cleaned up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, it, it is interesting. I look forward to seeing one in person. Fitz, is there one in your mailbox? Not oh, they're not released of. yet. Yeah, they're. It's pre-order now. Does it say when yeah. they expect them? Shipping the top, isn't it? The October. Okay. Next shipment, October 2023. And a four cell, 2200. Um, just like the F14. Yep. So I, that's what makes me think it's just the, the same system in different foam. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Common, common components. Sure. And uh, 250 bucks, and that's uh, bind and fly. So, I, yeah. It's interesting when I saw the product announcement posts on Facebook or something, a lot of people like vocally poo-pooing it and then other people who were excited to see it. So I, I'm not sure why people take personal offense when they release a plane they don't like. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. You know, they, and they have not only take personal offense, they got to go online and type it out. I yeah. take personal offense of this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I take personal offense of you taking personal offense. <laughs> right. Of course, that's coming from the three guys who just bashed the, the red module. And <laughs> well, yeah, he's the internet. The, the irony is not lost on us. Well, like like while y'all were talking, I was on a forum saying, I take personal offense from the Spectrum <laughs> Remote ID module. <laughs> I'll tell you, sir. Me. <laughs> I demand <Yeah>. satisfaction. <laughs> uh, although, of any planet that needs 
probably uh safe mode is probably that plane. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's this is not the first SR-71 model by any stretch. No, no, it isn't. Apparently, Yellow Aircraft used to make one, right, Lee? They did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see, I saw actually I saw a post on Buddy Cloud. <laughs> yeah. There were two of those bad boys, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, so there's been some foamies that look 64 millimeter EDFs. Wasn't yeah. there the rocket launch version for a long time? Yes, yes. Our buddy Tom said he had an involvement in the development of that. Okay. So cool. kit. So yeah. Yeah. So you know, for it's sure. not a complete mystery. They've been around, but yeah, I just think the all black is a big hurdle for for a lot of people. So was there like a tiger meat uh, SR seventy one or something? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> what you could do is probably paint it as a YF twelve. I mean, it's not exact, but that had like a silver and black paint scheme, yeah, right? Yeah. So, if the Jamaican Air Force flew SR-71s, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what would it look like? <laughs> It'd be Jamin Man. Yeah. Okay, so we can move on past that. Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm kind of hosting this thing. I didn't mean to take over. Uh, go ahead. You're doing great. Right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, so next on the list is Lee. Do you have the tissues ready? Uh, Lee went somewhere and did something. And then came back. Yeah. Four people went, three came back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I'll just show you that photo. <laughs> One of these kids is no longer in my house. <laughs> Can you pick the one? By the way, this was for National Model, Avi National Model Aviation Day. Yeah, that kind of stuck up on me this year. I... August 12th. I don't know if you guys... Got to experience it, but I took my boys out to our club in 100 plus degree weather. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. and, like, I live vicariously through you, but I'm not going to be out there. 800 but it weather. really wasn't too bad. It was actually, uh, it was okay because we had shade and, you know, we had a good time together. So I'm glad we all went out and had a good time. Unfortunately, both of my planes that I brought came back with uh, pieces not in the same place that they were before, <laughs> uh, which is unfortunate, but repairable. Uh, was it weather-related? No, 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 no. Uh, the P-38 I'm holding, this is that cheap Banana Hobbies that I bought for 20 bucks that was damaged, and I that's a brand-new tail. I don't know if mm -hmm. you guys noticed that, but I redid the whole tail on that thing. And um, uh, I don't have landing gear on it, so when I landed, it just it kind of bounced a bit, and it uh, broke the mounts on one of the engines. Okay. It's not bad. It's repairable. Right. But Fitz, do you remember when we were at Joe Nall, I had my T-33 flying? And I experienced an LVC and it kind of landed far away, but it wasn't too bad because it was just, you know, it's like a glider. So oh, yeah. this is the Kyosho T-33? Yeah, this is Kyosho. So I brought it out um, to fly and had two LVCs. And at this point, I just kind of realized that the motor I've got in there, that mega motor is just pulling way too many amps for that Jetty ESC. So it's either heat related or it's too much power. So I just, you know, decided to heat related. Huh? Which is heat related. Well, people so far over heats and such. Heat. <laughs> well, where's the ESC looking? Well, e heat, uh, true. I understand what you're saying, but it could be. Uh, okay, let's not even get into that. The point is either the ESC is damaged or I'm driving too many amps through it. So we'll just leave it at that. But I was having some problems. So um, I'm just going to replace it. Get a 150 amp ESC in that. There you go. <laughs> <Show>. <laughs> okay. So what was your question? Uh, Terry, did you have just, a question? Well, I was just asking where the ESC is located. Is it in the exit? Does it have all that high speed air going over, or is it buried? It does. In the foam? It does, okay. and it's just. But you know that those jetties had those really that really hefty 
blue plastic. Yeah. Why are you laughing, Fitz? I'm sorry. Did I say something? Did I say no, something it, funny? I was thinking it's it's so hot outside, just blowing hot air over it anyway. So I, it doesn't matter. How am I, I funny to you? <laughs> I'm going to put my joke. Air cooling just doesn't work anymore. Oh boy, you guys. I don't feel like talking anymore. <laughs> well, I'm glad you do. I'm glad you got it back on the ground. Yeah. So I, I say, yeah, it uh, no problems, no harm. Just uh, I'll replace the ESC. All right. Uh, so but that's what, not the story we're talking about. No. So I'm going to start right now. So uh, what we're going to talk about is this place. Okay. Ooh, is that Terry, the, you know what it is? No, <laughs> it, it this, looks this? nothing like it did when I was. <laughs> is that where the Super Friends meet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Yeah, Hall of Justice. That's <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Every time I see that, I'm going to say that. Of course, he has no idea. Uh, but what Terry was leading up to after all that bashing and heat ESC, I love you guys. Uh, my son is currently stationed at Embry-Riddle, Daytona. He is in his dorm. He is set up and... Uh, I don't know if I can go to the next picture here. Does it? Does my arrows work? No. So let me. Uh, sorry, let me get out of my old screen here. But that's uh, that's Austin. All right. That's in his dorm, and he's got his little planes there, and he's already flown. Terry, he already took his little night vapor and flew it down a hallway. So he's oh. he's set. <laughs> so so it's funny. I, I sent this picture to another uh, uh, buddy of mine who's a, a Riddle alumni. And uh, we met in the dorms, and his first comment was, "What the hell? Where's all that room come from? Right. <laughs> it's <such> big rooms." <laughs> yeah, so the dorms look different. The Hall of Justice wasn't there, so it is yeah. obviously a lot different. But what blew my mind is you emailed a fight song to us the other day. Oh yeah, there was no fight song. <laughs> yeah, there was no. There was no fighting at Riddle. There was no sports appears, at Riddle. <laughs> and it also appears there were no women at Riddle when you were there, and it's right. completely changed now. All right. Well, no, we did have a good basketball team when I was there. And That's that was, true. Yeah, we did the basketball. And, like, soccer or something or cricket. I don't know about that. And one of my roommates played on the baseball team, and I think they were pretty good. But basketball was the main sport. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I there was no fight song. Not, and I was on the pet band for the basketball team. So if there was – a fight song we would have known it so that's some concoction that's new yeah you want to sing it for us lee uh absolutely not i have no idea what it is okay. i just <laughs> saw the lyrics but you no, gotta we should have a flight song instead of a fight song oh, oh look geez. at you yeah, yeah. Ah, yuck, yuck, yuck. so i just want to point out that uh if <laughs> I, I just think i thought the, the air force uh, theme was our, our fight song oh yeah <laughs> anyway or top gun <laughs> so he of course he brought his icon a5 he likes it a lot his yeah. 3d printer which is currently broken is inside his little 3d printer uh noise canceling room <laughs> little foam board thing he's got there uh, he's got his toolkits right here that have his soldering iron and he's got his met wrench here somewhere his little toolkit that i gave him but guys he's already got flight radar up <laughs> i saw that <laughs> he's already you know tracking all the planes that are out there in daytona so yeah, we'll have to track. We could, you know, he oh, should be highly yeah. entertained for hours. No kidding. No kidding. So he's there. His roommate is a get this, um, a fellow high school band, marching band player. He's there for his pilot's license or uh -huh. aviation science, aeronautical science. Yeah. And then my 
friend growing up in elementary school, her son is going to Embry Riddle, and he is in the room next door. Oh, crazy. So, was that wow. just coincidence? It is. We saw them at one of the, uh, what do you call the little meetings? It was in Houston. Uh, orientation or something? Or, those, um, meet and greet? Meet and greet, I guess. So just happened to see her posts on Facebook and noticed they were coming to town. So we've been keeping in touch. And now my wife and her have been texting directly. And I, I'm not involved <laughs> anymore. I've lost my friend. <laughs> But uh, things are going well. Their fourth roommate is from California, but his parents, they're empty nesters. So they went ahead and moved to Florida. And they did that about three months ago. So now they're closer to their son. And our kids have a place to go if the hurricane comes or (laughs) if they need something. (laughs) What, Terry? uh, Fitz? If it hits the fan, they have sort of. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Austin has his car. We let him take his car, although that was kind of one of those little debates that people have had had online where they should have or not. But I was like, I want Austin to have his car so he can go flying or run some errands and help other people out. So I think all is good. He starts school next week. He's going to be popular with the car. I I hope so with the ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Can I take you a ride in my Highlander? Used to be my mom's car. (laughs) (laughs) It's got a hatch in the back. (laughs) So... He's uh I I'm um it was hard it's hard to let my buddy my flying buddy go but he's he should be good and we uh, took a long drive I mean I say a long drive but we went ahead and pulled an all nighter fits and I know I promised I wouldn't do that again but we left Tuesday morning at seven a.m. and and through all our little adventures because this is my next screen that I have up we stopped by the um, Naval Aviation museum in pensacola yeah fantastic museum and it's open again because it was closed for a while i understand that's that's what i heard so just some quick pictures that's for you fitz yeah that's a george george yeah look at that baby yes and there's there's a b25 although they don't call it a b25 do you remember the what the code is for the naval version oh yeah pbj something or something yeah oh yeah pb and j yeah i think that's what it is yeah so we're talking about it at oscars so Obviously, uh, Ryan had to go see his B-25. Uh, I see a zero tail and see him through the ceiling. Oh, I already sent you that photo, so you can't <laughs> have them all. Uh, but is, a, is it in a Crusader right there? Don't you have one of those? Yes, F-8 Crusader, yeah. Yeah. But and this thing has skis on it. Do you see it? So oh, okay. C-47 or whatever it is in the Navy. Yeah. The, the, nose, the nose looks different, too. So lock with yeah. nose, yeah. Yeah, something going but on with the nose. Got to look at love that. My, love my Grumman Tiger Cat. Yeah. Hey, what's what's that in the back? It's got four engines. It looks like a um, seaplane like of some sort. Coronado. Yeah, it looks a little bit like a um, Coronado. I think it is correct. Coronado. Yeah, I think I think he's uh, it's like a PBY with extra engines. But guys, I got to tell oh, you, this that. Curtis Hawk, and I this me putting on the screen doesn't know justice. I I've mm-hmm. said this before. I may have. I don't know if we had the podcast back then, but I literally walked up to the nose of that plane and stood there staring at it. People must have thought I was like asleep or something because <laughs> I was like this close. But the the quality of this paint job and these little, uh, I'm going to say pins. Um, what do you call them? Panel pins or something? I don't know. Can you see the, this little, it's a, it's a, it's a metal wire that goes through little clips, like a hood, hood pin, hood clip. Like a piano hinge. Um, no, no, not no, a no, 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 no. You know, like hood clips, you know, where you get to put like the little a, in there. Okay, like cotter okay. pin kind of thing. Cotter pin. Yeah. Well, every yeah. one of these, every one of these little lines right here holds that cowl on. 
And it's just a work of art. And I'm sad that this plane is in the back of the museum because it should be dead center with a beautiful light on it. If I recall, that's a very rare plane to see. I don't think there's hardly any of it's those an around. F6 Seahawk. And if you ever, I'm just going to, this is it. If you ever go to this museum, go way in the back. <laughs> I think called the West Side. And go stare at this Curtis Hawk. Mm. It is a masterpiece of a re furbished or rebuild wow and really the, paint, great the paint is amazing i mean they must have sat there and uh wet sanded that thing to a spit shine and well, it's, it's a it's beautiful it's fabric so it's probably doped well this is it this is all metal oh you oh you the cowl yeah yeah, yeah 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 this this whole setup here is just beautiful so anyway beautiful curtis hawk if you uh go go to the museum uh, but also if you go to the museum and you're from texas and you carry a pistol with you at all times uh you can't go on the naval base Imagine uh, no. that. <laughs> I wonder why. So, just to share my experience, which is a funny story, we we drive up to a different through a different entrance we had been before, and they had a huge check-in station. So they had officers on duty, and when we pulled up, they said, uh, "You know, what are you here for?" We said, "The museum." Says, "Do you have any weapons or firearms in your vehicle?" I said, "Yes," and they said, "I'm sorry, you can't come on the base, but if you go back a couple of miles, there's Jim's gun shop. You can go back there, drop off your stuff, yada yada." And my wife was just rolling her eyes. She goes, you brought your... I was like, of course I did. And so... Um, <laughs> because Florida, so, man. No big deal. We turned around, went to the shop. Beautiful gun shop. Uh, Ryan went in there. He's like, oh, dad, look, we can get this. We can get that. I was like, <laughs> but there was another person in the shop doing the same thing I was doing. They were putting their firearm in a bag. And we also dropped off our knives, our pocket knives and stuff. And someone at the counter just said this, and we both heard it. It says, it's always the Texans with the firearms. <laughs> <laughs> we just started laughing. But, you know, no big deal. We dropped it off. When we went back, there were there was a, a change of officers. So these two new guys were there. And I said, hello, I just came back from the gun shop. They told me to hand you this receipt. And he says, okay, thank you very much. He goes, so and he looked at me. He was very serious. He goes, so... You're telling me that if I stop you right now and open up your vehicle and search for weapons, I will not find any because if I do, it's a felony. And I was like, no, because I left everything back there at the gun shop. He goes, all right, we can go through. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, wow, they're very, very serious about it. Uh, or you could have joined the Navy. <laughs> I said, yeah, if, if you don't want to drop off your gun, would you like to sign up? <laughs> um, but, all right. Yeah. It's a nice museum. It's uh, oh, it really I is. forgot to even mention the big part. It's the home of the Blue Angels. So sure. the they have the A fours hanging from the ceiling. Um, we did not get to go outside. We only were there for a couple of hours because they were closing. So there's a lot more to see outside as well. And sometimes they put on shows during practice. So they actually have stands out there. You can just sit at and hmm. watch them perform. Hmm, cool. And then you left from there and just drove straight through to Houston. Drove straight through to Houston. Got here at 2 a.m. That's a lot of wow. I-10, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of I-10. Um, I will say, uh, happy to say we did not hit any road construction or vehicle wrecks. Oh, wow. amazing. So oh, we, cool. actually, I went to, I stopped in Biloxi, filled up, and I made it all the way home. Really? In that suburban. It must be downhill. <laughs> what a tailwind. What a, yeah. 50 mile an hour tailwind. <laughs> All right, cool. So Austin's at school, starts classes soon. You've got an extra room to put a workshop in at your house now. Yeah. Store some planes. You should go in there, there and go. find all the tools you've been missing. <laughs> well, 
We already picked up a lot of socks that were hidden about and clothes that were, you know, in chairs and stuff. And so we've already cleaned up that room and vacuumed it. So, but I will, in fact, I am going to do this, move some of his planes from my workshop into his room and just leave them there. Yeah. So rightly so. All right. Well, I wish him all the best in his uh, new endeavor. So I think he's at the right place. Yeah. I'll need you to, uh, you guys to call him every now and then tell him to study. Yeah. <laughs> Turn off the 3d printer. Exactly. Printer. Turn on the book. He'll, he'll <laughs> listen to you guys. Yeah. But I think my favorite part was I called, I called Fitz and I was telling him about the visit and I said, you know, Terry keeps telling me that there were no girls there. And Cindy says the ratio is uh 30, 70. And I was like, I was there. It must've been 40, 60. Because there were tons of girls wherever we were walking. And you sure you didn't pull up the DBCC or something? No, Fitz was like, what? He was like so angry. He was like, what do you mean there's all those girls? And when I wasn't in the room, when I was getting stuff from the car, he, Austin, I guess, just jokingly told my wife that. He goes, you know, maybe I'll find a, a girlfriend here who's a pilot. <laughs> so, so he can just go fly, you know, with oh. his girlfriend. We'll see how that goes. Well, I don't know what the policy is now, but when I was there, um, you could, as a student, you could just sign up to ride in the back seat of any instruction flight. No more. If there was an empty seat, you could just hop on. Huh, yeah, yeah. I said the same thing to Lee because I, I did that once or twice. Yeah. That's why I first Didn't got I... to experience stalls in an aircraft. Yeah. Get my you know, stomach out of my throat. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, watch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's too bad they don't do that anymore. What was a liability thing or something? Yeah, probably so. Uh, that sucks. I will fill in some updates in a couple of months. We'll see how. See if I yeah. some oh, and I'll, this is RC related, so I'll share this with you guys. So one thing I'd like him to do is the design build fly program that they have there, similar to SAE Aero Design. And we've, we, well, both Austin and I got to see some of the planes that they built uh, this year, or I say last year, this year, uh, at Embry-Riddle during AirVenture. They had the planes on display and Embry-Riddle Daytona came in third out of 100 colleges internationally. So I really hope he can get on the team. Uh, Fitz made a good point. And I also told it to uh, Austin. I said, you know, it's kind of like band as a freshman. You probably won't get to perform on the field. You may be moving props or you may be doing something else, which is, which is what he did. But it made him a better performer. So I said, you know, what? just offer some help, assistance in, in the first year. Just be helpful to the team. And then maybe you can work your way into you know, leading it. And I said, but that's, I'd love to see you do that. Well, if our experience at the SAE Air design is any indicator, there's a, a shortage of skilled student pilots. So I feel like that skill alone will help his chances. I hope so. All right, cool. Good luck, Austin. Yeah, that's luck to you. No, I take that back. There's no such thing as luck in this. Work hard, Austin. Make us proud. Or else. Or else, yeah. <laughs> yep, you have to do that. It's, it's not a party school, so you have to work. Oh, you say that again. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it is now. With all those when girls, you were there. Yeah, <laughs> you were there. Those girls not a party now. Oh, now they have oh, internet. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, and Wi-Fi. I, I don't want to take too much of the conversation, but I had so much fun talking to Fitz the other night on the phone, and we were looking at a Google map of Embry Riddle now and he was talking about the buildings that existed and then i had him go look at like 360 views and he was like oh wow look at that because we didn't have anything like that <laughs> so yeah this is club med compared to what we had. 
at club med prices too so oh yeah yeah that too yeah yeah all right i have no regrets no no it was great school i had a great time there no regrets at all and you mentioned dbcc daytona beach community college yeah it's not there anymore at least not under that name i think they changed the name or I, i don't know but yeah when i was visiting family there not long ago i figured that out oh okay so anybody who lives in Volusia County, update us on what happened to DBCC. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. I knew quite a, uh, one of my roommates uh, uh, went there and he was always bringing home girls. <laughs> the band's like, where did girls come from? <laughs> For Stuart Riddle, I lived in the dorms there and I, obviously Riddle didn't have a music program. So I joined the the community concert band that was at DBCC. And I would do that like once a week and go over there. So I was a student at both for a short while. That was fun. Yeah. And there's a lot of international students there for some reason. At DBCC? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. We were there. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the time the MTV spring break allure was still clinging oh, by a thread. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I think it's since gone away, but uh, yeah. there was a lot of that then. So yeah, I... that's my theory. I don't think Austin, my little pale white boy, is going to spend a redhead a lot of time on the beach. So, yeah. <laughs> never know. Yeah. There's some sand dunes we try to slope soar off of. <laughs> yeah. Can you just put tape on your glasses and do that for me? That's, that's just the, during the MTV you know, scantily clad women over here. We were slope soaring over on the dunes over here. Yeah, straight. I, I, I didn't care about some floozies taking your shirt off. I would have flown airplanes. Uh, All right. Anyways. Yeah, that's probably a good segue. Speaking of floozies. Um, Fitz? Fitz? Is that Fitz? All right. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a swap meat floozy. All right. So tell us um, all about it. So no, I, you better what? talk about the things you found at a swap meet I wasn't at. You uh, better touch yeah. on that. I was so <laughs> mad getting your texts. <laughs> but continue. <laughs> yeah, I was at the original. I actually have some pictures if you want me to present. Oh, if you have them, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull some pictures. Uh, give me one second. Here we go. Um, load that Johnny on the spot there Fitz do we play some music no 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 give me a second this computer is not the fastest thing in the world Uh, share screen have you noticed Terry that we you know and listeners that Fitz looks and sounds great because he's in the house we still haven't run that cat six to his garage yet I gotta do that yeah the fullness of time yeah, maybe not in August. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. What that yeah, because if we ran fiber, it would have melted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, just for you, Lee. Ah, P thirty eights. There was so many P thirty eights there. They were they were you practically stepping on them. I know. All over the place. One one time you didn't go. Um, uh, this caught my eye. This was this bad boy was awesome. It was big. Um, looking at an Airwolf uh, RC model, that was uh, guy was selling. It was it was nice, big, eight hundred size. Flybrush, Blue Thunder rolls. Flybrush, yeah. <laughs> so here's a well, we're looking at a, a wide, just a wide view of the the, the uh, venue, which is man, nice turnout. They yeah. they sold out all the tables. I think they said about 170 tables, if I remember correctly. And they were Wait, all so what swap out. meet was this? This is a Richardson RC swap meet. 
This is one we talked about the last episode. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Lee and I have been to this one several times. It was it was a spawn off the. Uh, they had another swap meet. Was the what was the one? What was it called? Do you remember Lee? Before this one, the one where they had the issue with the they had to move. Oh, I can't remember. Not Weatherford. No, not Weatherford. It was another one. I don't think it was Richardson though. Well, anyways, so this one has turned out to be one of the better ones, if not one of the best ones in in the Texas area. And he told the, the um, president, Curtis, Curtis um, made mention that since they sold out last year and this year, he's going to look to expand the tables for next year. So uh, so look for even more tables to be available next year. So the show should be bigger and better as well because there's, there's room in the venue for more tables and stuff. They just didn't have them. So they're going to make sure that they rectify that next year. Uh, I don't know how attendance numbers, but it was quite busy. Lots of good deals they had. Oh, I've been waiting for this. Okay, so this gentleman came up to me, and uh, I'm wearing an RC Roundtable shirt. So Wait, did he hey. say, do you know Lee Ray? Uh, <laughs> no, Terry's name came up, as a matter of fact. He said he uh, really liked our show, and he, uh, and he had been listening for a while. And he made note that he said Terry was an acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my mother. Which I thought was hilarious. I said, "Hey, can I have permission to take your picture and tell him that?" He goes, hey, "Sure," but but you know, um, to to uh, for bygones, he says he, he likes you just quite fine. He just he has acquired me. He's he, you're an acquired taste, and he's acquired you. He said just at first that the your your brand of humor was um, it was uh, singular. <laughs> you're like uh, cough syrup. <laughs> <laughs> But he made it for you for it because he found something he thought you would like, and I now have. Oh no so, way! Are we I gonna see that? For, no. Oh, surprise! Uh, but it's small. I can mail it to you or something. Okay, thanks. And he can talk about. It. But yeah, he he found something. He said, "Hey, Terry would really like this." And it's right up his alley. And I said, "You're right." And so it was a little bit of story about that. When you get it, we'll talk about the story. But right. uh, real nice guy, fellow. Uh, just a few things we saw. These guys, these were not for sale, but they were on display. These are combat warships. They have BB guns in them. Oh. For, and so they just had them on display as a local group. They said, hey, we just we just wanted to show people about warship combat. So that was pretty cool to see one with all the guts hanging out. Um, this is somebody we all know, and some guy was selling satellites for Spectrums. Mm-hmm. For a real good price, and so he bought like a half a dozen of them or so. What is it? Huh. Seven, eight, yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. These are just spectrum satellites. Well, I think it was one receiver, but they're all spectrum satellites. I thought that was funny. He just because he uses them a lot, and so um, I can tell you offline who it is, but uh, we all know who it is. Well, there's applications where that can be your receiver. Like if you have a flight controller in your model, like a lot of the flex innovation stuff. Oh, yes, yes, you're right. So, yeah, so. That takes the place of a normal receiver for that. Uh, yeah, he said he used them a lot. He used a lot of times the models use multiple of those, so that was a great deal for him to find them for dirt cheap price. Yeah, basically he knew in a package. This I thought was neat—an old orbit controller. Ah, uh, yeah. These I yeah. bet it has vacuum tubes in it, and you know it's got these switches and buttons. <laughs> <laughs> there's no joy. There's no, no gimbals. It's just you know press a button to do something. Yeah. Uh, this would look kind of a fancier one because it's got a bunch of button switches on it. I don't know what he was asking for. I wasn't interested in buying it, but I just thought it was neat. 
Another neat thing you see is this guy had an autographed picture of the Voyager. This is the plane that flew around the world without nonstop. Back and we saw it at Air Venture in the EA uh, Museum. Yeah, it's in the EA Museum. And it's autographed. I know you can see, but it's autographed by uh, uh, Dick um, uh, Rutan and yeah. Jenna Yeager. So, uh, and it had a bunch of some, some odds and ends, a nameplate. I guess from the aircraft or from the engine, I think they said. Sorry, it's a little blurry. Uh, some postcards and stuff. It was really nice. Yeah. And he's like, well, you didn't expect to see that a swap meet. He was I think, selling uh, it? He was selling it. It was you know, not cheap, but he was selling it. Yeah. Huh. That's something like, you could wow. put on your mantle. Yeah. I thought, that was, I thought it was really, really cool. I wasn't yeah. willing to shell out the money for it, but I thought it was still really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, where else can you get VCR tapes of... <laughs> space program <laughs> as well yeah, uh, cool. terry this look familiar <gasps> oh my gosh yes yeah so i know the history of that model this is a built-up pseudo space shuttle um okay so wow i'm blown away right now so fitz you tell me your side of it and i can tell you as much background as you I want don't have unfortunately the guy wasn't around and i kept missing him so i wasn't able to talk to him about it or see if what he wanted for or what but because it was just kind of sitting there being lonely i said like, i recognize it too i was like what's it doing up here and 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 i thought it might you know might make a neat project to see if it could fly or something but i was i kept getting sidetracked and I never got around to talking to the guy yeah, that deserves to be finished. All right, so I'll give a quick synopsis of it. Um, when I lived in Houston, um, I was friends with a guy. His name was Al Hall, and he worked as a model maker in the NASA workshop somewhere. So he made static models of things. Um, superb craftsman. He was building a full-scale Minimax in his living room, mm. and he lived in a townhouse. So this thing like, took up his whole living room. Um, but every screw had the the slots aligned i mean everything was just perfect on this thing and he built models with the same level of precision and he was just getting to rc when i met him so i helped him get over some of the hurdles of you know gearing his um, drive for a glider and other things like that helped him learn to fly a little bit and uh anyway he at the same time was working on a new design for a spacecraft which involved it was kind of a shuttle-like design, but it also included a lifting body. And you can see that here. And as part of that, he had built a foam prototype and I helped him fly that. We test flew it out at the JSC RC field. And this was version two of that. And he built this one out of balsa. And you can't see it here, but it's got delta wings that plug in. Each rib on that delta wing is a truss structure made out of, I think it's eighth inch square balsa. So these things are just meticulously made. And it's a shame to put covering on this thing because it is such a work of art. All of these fuselage formers are individually cut and you can see the stringers in there. And it was designed to have uh, an electric motor in the nose just to get it airborne for testing and then it would glide back down as a full scale orbiter would do. Um, I forget the reason why. I think he was moving from Houston to somewhere else, and he gave me this model. And so I oh, kept I it around for a while. You. Yeah, it was in my workshop for a few years. And I fully intended to get it going. And like so many of my projects, it just sat on the back burner. And then when I moved from Houston, I was like, if, if I put this thing in a moving truck, it's going to be destroyed. 
So I gave it to someone in Houston and it's killing me right now that I can't remember who I gave it to. Um, but apparently it changed hands at least one more time. And Ooh. here it is, however many miles away up in the Dallas area. That's a yeah. interesting story. So yeah, this yeah. is a very unique model with a very personal history that, uh, wow, I'm, I'm shocked right now. Yeah, I'm so sorry I wasn't able to find out who's, who was selling it. The, the table was abandoned most of the time. So I, uh, but okay, yeah. Well, we have lots of listeners in the area. Anybody out there who knows the, the current state of this shuttle model, let us know. I'd be interested to hear about it. <laughs> For those uh, of you uh, listening, go to our YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, you got to go to YouTube, see what it looks like. Yeah, go and, to about a minute 30 <laughs> in our recording. And yeah, maybe we can get it uh, back in the hands of somebody who will put it in the air. Yeah, yeah. Love so, to see it. Glad uh, it worked on it. Beautiful model. Yeah, it has a vertical stab too that plugged in. I don't see that here. Maybe it's somewhere else, or maybe it got yeah, lost. Yeah, I don't know if it lost on the then, table. But, mm. but yeah, this it it's a big airplane. I, it, there's yeah. no scale to it here, but it's a big model. But it weighs nothing. It's really light. Probably five feet long, maybe ish. Yeah. yeah, there's nobody standing next to it to show, but yes, it's big. So man, but unfortunately, it wouldn't have fit my car because of this. Oh my gosh. So you bought things. Well, yes and no. So this is a Fokker D7, uh, big, it's like 90-inch wingspan, something like that. Or is it 60? That's a big fucker. Inch. Yeah, it's a big fucker. And though, the, ironically, it's not mine. <laughs> okay. So I had a couple of fellow club members up there, and he calls me up and says, uh, do you have room in your car for an airplane? <laughs> <laughs> Like, huh? And so what happened is uh, two of the clubmates carpooled up, but they just took a regular car uh, obsessively, so they didn't plan on really buying anything big and, and prevent them from buying anything big. And this guy got it for such a good deal that he bought it. <laughs> uh, and so I said, yeah, I, I think I have room in my car, you know, even with my other stuff. And so as you can see, it did fit. Uh uh, but you know, wasn't much room for anything else after it fit. Uh, so he he got a hell of a steal on this. Really, really good deal. Really nicely built. Really interesting. Uh, I don't know what who made what kit it is or it's scratch built or what, but it's it's a big mother. It takes a fifty to sixty cc gas engine. Hmm. Um, and it was you know scratch built or plans built by somebody. It's got painted on a lozenge pattern. Oh, it's painted. painted. On? That's all oh, painted. My. Gosh. Every single bit of it over a fabric covering. Uh, lots of details in the guns and the cowl and that kind of stuff. So it was, it was just a neat model. Uh, so don't blame him for buying it at all. Uh, so, and of course you can, is it the last picture? It's the last picture. And on the left, I got it here. You can see the, the reason why I have that name. Let me stop sharing. Um, the, the Hexi, which is right oh, here. Oh, yeah. Now yeah. I get it. Yes. Is actually called the Hexi. So that this is neat was, airplane. This is neat. I saw this. The guy had it on a table. Oh, sorry. Get over here. So I don't know if you can hear me. Sorry. So this is um, actually was built by somebody we know. Lee. His name is uh, Steve. From he's always at the the small steps event. Uh, is it his design? No, he he told me what it, what happened. He said this was originally a free flight design from back in the um, uh, let me move over a little bit. Uh, I forgot what fifties or sixties or something like that. And then he scaled it up a little bit, 
and made it RC. So he added a tail with elevator and rudder. And it's got an ancient, I think he said it was an okay Cub 049 class engine, half A engine on it that he flew it on. No throttle, just run it. And um, it's got a couple servos you can see in the front here. And it's just a weird looking flying uh, you know, wall shelf or something. Yeah. Uh, he said it actually flies pretty good. Uh, our buddy Tom Blakeney has flown it, and, and he also told me that it flew pretty well. He just said that it has like a glide ratio of one to one. So when the engine <laughs> quits, it's coming down. <laughs> uh, and the only thing about it is, I'm, I'm going to, you know, lambast Steve with a wet noodle here. He, he he sealed up the battery and receiver, so I'm going to have to do surgery to get in there because I don't know how good the battery is, and and I don't know if I can. I don't even know what kind of radio is in it. Uh, but he gave me a really good deal on it. So thanks, Steve. This is pretty cool. I'm going to get it flying just like this. Uh, and it's just a really weird, weird thing. Let me stand back on it. That just it needs to be flown. You need to have an ejection parachute. <laughs> 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 when the engine dies, just poof. Uh, so, yeah. Just doo -doo 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 -doo. I'm curious, the outer wing panels, are they just butt joined on there? That's what I thought. In fact, yes, for the most, in fact, one of them, this one. I mean, you might as well just put hinges. <laughs> no, no, it needs some reinforcement, but yeah, they're you more think? or less butt joint glued. So I was going to maybe buy, get some triangle stock or something yeah. put in there to stiffen yeah. it up. But yeah, because I think taking it out of the car or sticking it somewhere, it, one of them. You can custom order some KS metal, you know. There you go. <laughs> parts. But it, it's pretty neat. It's just a weird, and I did find online a hexy. Um, I think article or in plans. Do you know smaller. the date for the design? Uh, I thought it was the fifties. Okay, I had to you double check. Know, see this. Look at this. I, I love our friendship because what I see right now is the model for one that should be three times as big out of foam. Oh electric. yeah, out of Deprod or something, right? Yes, exactly. Yes. yes. Use that as the base, and then make a big foamy electric. Oh Which, yeah. The one. Two to one glide ratio. <laughs> Hopefully, it probably would fly better uh, being foam, being a little bit lighter. Although, so it might not go, uh... go back to that. There is a gosh darn it. There is an old plane that I think the nose is what goes up. At, uh, it's got like a it's like a canard, but it like it, it, for some reason looking at that hex nose and it was in the front and it's kind of moved inside the fuselage. Oh, early, no. early airplane, early airplane. I'll go look it up. But I kind of wondered if you turned that around and made it a canard. Okay, here, I'm going to um, take control one more time. I just found something. So, percent, uh, screen. yes, yes, yes. Uh, so I was off by about a, a decade. It's actually <laughs> 1960s, 1963. Where, where, where is it? Um, Hexi, that's one. So there it is. Uh, I'm just showing it up on the screen. October 1963 Aero 15-inch span. So yeah, this one's oh gosh, tiny. Oh, yeah, it's it's tiny. This is by twice as much. Well, actually, this is oh look at that. So the picture is the one I have. I must somebody must have put a picture of the. Can you show oh, your sorry. screen? I didn't. I'm sorry, you weren't sharing your screen. Go oh, that's the exact sorry. one. Yeah, they must. He must upload his picture or something. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Cool. 
I uh, wonder if in-flight orientation is going to be an issue with those strange shapes. It does look funky. Yeah. I wonder if those colors are different somewhere. No, they're not really. There's some red on the bottom. That's about it. Um, yeah, that's it. But on the left, you can see, I don't know if I can zoom in. Sort of. There we go. The uh, XC, I think the original had an O10 or O20 engine. I think O20. Okay. Uh, Cox O20 no. engine, and it was all free flight from what I remember, from what he told me. It looks like it. Huh, interesting. Must have been from the 60s. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Cox TD O20. And it talks about different pieces of wood and stuff. And so you can, yeah, that's that's definitely the one I just bought. <laughs> that's not the, uh, so interesting. So anyways, I look forward to uh, seeing how it flies. I mean, stop sharing. And uh, uh, maybe I'll make a video of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I remember that day of the swap meet, Curtis posted a picture of this and tagged me on it. I'm like, ooh, that's really cool. And then later on, I'm like, ooh, I hope Fitz bought it. And yeah. He actually had another one too, a ring plane where it had normal sort of wings and the ends were rings. Oh, and I see. That was a big ring. Okay. But yeah. that was sold. That was, I think Tom bought that one, our buddy oh. Tom. So, right. uh, so I had to go with the, that was my leftovers. All right. So I think that was it for pictures. Uh, it was a great swap meet. Uh, very, if you're in the area, there's definitely one to attend. Some really good deals. Oh, yeah, I had a couple of notes about the swap meet. Hold on a second. Uh, so, uh, got that. I got that. A couple things came up. There was a, uh, so this uh, guy came up to me and he goes, Hey, I remember you. We <laughs> used to meet at, uh, Jim Berg's house to build models. And I was like, and he told me his name. I was like, my name sounds familiar. And it turns out when I last saw him, he was like 10 years old. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He was like just a little kid. Uh, and he's grown up and married with a kid. And that's why I didn't recognize him. I said, Oh my, you're that little kid that uh, used to hang around. I think I sold a couple of models to. And he said, yeah, he had gotten onto the hobby. He was getting back in it. Yeah, that's oh, that's fascinating. He's a, a blast of my past. A little, little, and he and he listens to the show. Oh, nice. I think he said he listened to the show. He's a show or my YouTube. Sorry, I can't remember which one. But he he, he kept tapping. We know on. the answer. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so that was neat to see an old old uh, old uh, associate like that. Yeah. Um, plans. Speaking of plans, so somebody, the buddy I, I um, ferry the D seven. He uh, found some guy that was just giving away a whole bunch of plans and stuff, uh, articles and plans, and he let me leaf through them. And I found a couple of really interesting things in them. And I'll just go real quick. One was this. This was so goofy that I just had to grab it. I don't know if you can see. Uh, not really. Does the camera focus? Starstream? It's called the Starstream, but look at look at the nose. Look at. See, does that help? Uh, it's kind of fuzzy. Does... I see that the nose folds down. Right. Oh. The no it's like a ducted fan, but the nose folds down to start the Cox engine on it. Oh, and, and you start folds... it and then snap the uh. nose closed. It was huh. just so weird and bizarre that I had to grab and just plans for it to it. Huh. Um okay. something called a weta. Just just I don't know what it is. I just thought it was kind of interesting. Like a neat little lecture. What does the acronym stand for? I don't know. Uh Waiku Express Transport Aviation. 
Of course, that's what it says. Yeah, for. somebody just made it up. Yeah. Um, a twin O20 powered plane. Oh, okay. So yeah. I, I got a couple of 20s. I thought, I might make a neat thing. Is that an ace wing? Yes, it is. It's one of the ace uh, wings. Okay. Uh, although, interesting, it says it was an ace. It's not the normal ace wings. It's something I'd never heard of. It was a ace guppy wing set. And apparently, ace made a, a wing set that had a flat bottom airfoil instead of the semi-symmetrical airfoil. Oh. They called them the guppy wing. I did not know that either. I've never seen them. So oh. if I do build it, I'll probably just use the regular ace wings and not the <clears throat> guppy. So anyways, and I, have, I got a bunch more. There's like a neat little pusher thing I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, it's interesting. These are some older magazines where they got some like really this ancient helicopter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, one other thing, one last thing on there is um, apparently there was at some point, is this uh, this was an RC newspaper-like publication that came oh. out periodically, I guess, monthly in the, in the mid-70s. And it was like a magazine, but it was like a newspaper. So you, you've got, and it was, it had plans in it for, there's a plans for a glider called a, a cloud, something or another. Uh, it's called the RC Sportsman. And it was just kind of, kind of neat that it, and there's a thing, I'm going to have to send you guys a, a, um, either a scan or something of it. At the back is a complaint article about the FCC uh, trying to control RC modelers. And uh, uh, what was it The called? more things change, the more they stay the same. Yep. Yeah, do me a favor. Scan that and put it on the iFly AMA Facebook group. I, I'm going to have to do that, Let's get some yes. destruction. <laughs> it was, it was, the yeah, FCC was, had a proposed rule for, I guess, licensing or something for RC modelers. And they were having none of it, so <laughs> there was a, so I have to go. I'll go try to scan it and see what I can do. And put it up there. Oh, all right. Uh, and one last thing: there was there was one model that I almost missed until Richard pointed it out to me, and um, it was something I'd never seen in a swap meet. And part of me wanted it so bad, but logistically, I just it wasn't wouldn't be possible. And some guy was selling. A fiberglass fuselage booms with foam wings pond racer. Ooh, yes, uh, and it was, and he was almost giving it away. It was really good price, all beautiful. Uh, only problem was it was really two of them, or like one and three quarters. He had bought okay. one and bought parts for another one or something, and it was like a ten foot wingspan. Oh, that's big. Yeah. That's yeah. really big. I, I'm you didn't bring probably, a trailer. I didn't bring my trailers. No way I could transport it. And what, what it just was too big. It was. Wow. I really wanted it. I mean, it's such a cool plane. I've never seen one. Everything was right. It's just logistically, it was like, uh, where are we gonna? Even if I did get in home, where the hell am I gonna put it? It was big, but it was awesome. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't you think know. you usually had that thought about airplanes. What? Where am I gonna put it when I get home? Oh. The, well, magically fit. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm at the point now where things don't magically fit anymore. Mm. <laughs> not that that well. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I tried. I thought about it and talked to some people see if they wanted to go in on it with me or something, but it didn't work out. So it was mm. one of those things that you know can't have it all. It needs to be like half the size or something, <clears throat> or three quarters the size maybe. All right. But anyways, well, maybe, 
maybe they'll still be there next year and you've cleared out some things from your workshop uh, to maybe. make room for it. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. So, so Richard just me. Very good. Right. So our buddy uh, Sparkles, Sparky there. Oh, good. Came, he hey, came Keith. by. Look, Keith came by. He uh, kind of didn't hit run. He had uh, some things to do, but he found some goodies while he was there, so he was happy. Miss you, Keith. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, seem to be doing just fine. Good. All right. All right. That's it for me. All right. So we're creeping up on two hours here. We had a couple things left. I can be quick. Go. All right. So I have some thank yous. Um, first of all, thank you, Lee, for being my friend. Uh, but also, I have a long overdue thank you. Um, this one goes to Phil Tallman. So you, Lee, met up with Phil. Was it at Joe Nall? Yeah. It Joe Nall. <laughs> yeah, well, just Joe Nall. Yeah. Yes, I met up. Yeah, he's, he hung out with us. Yeah, so he handed you a box of stuff that you held on to, and then when you came up here for Oshkosh, you gave it to me. So it took a, a lot of miles and a little bit of time to make its way to my shop. But this box of goodies is now here. Phil, thank you very much. It's cool. Um, and what's in the box is a lot of legacy electric RC equipment, like uh, a wattage EDF unit, hmm. um, a Wemotech fan, Plettenberg motors. Um, oh, nice. A, a, Grotner Speed 400 motor, new unbox. Just a lot of neat the uh, 90s era electrical equipment, which is the stuff that really speaks to me. And again, a lot of it's like in the box, brand new. So it's uh, perfect for my Museum of Electric Flight that I'll correct or build one day. Yeah. So anyway, Phil, thank you very much for that. I will try to be a good steward of those precious things. And the next thank you goes out to Ron Hole, who was also here for Oshkosh. And he and his family stayed for a couple of days. And he made the totally unnecessary gesture of buying me an airplane as a thank you gift. Um, so, Ron, thank you for that very much. Um, the airplane he got me is an E-Flight. I always get the, the order switched here. Slow ultra stick. Always want to say ultra slow stick, but it's the slow <laughs> ultra stick. And um, there's some things about this airplane that surprised me. I was aware of its existence, um, but I just assumed that it was this uber lightweight thing like a GWS slow stick. It is not that. This is a beefy, meaty airplane. I think this, I don't have it in front of me. The, the span is 40 something, 50. There's the picture of mine on the day I made it. And it's, it weighs 30 something ounces. And so it's just, it's built like a tank, not overbuilt, but it's just not this fragile lightweight thing. And the second thing that surprised me is, and I'll, I'll try to calibrate myself with you guys here. The stock CG per the manual is at 43%. If you saw that, would you think it was an error? Yeah. Yeah. So did I. I'm thinking like 20, 25%. Um, so I emailed our buddy Gary, who I think he was actually the designer of this plane. He certainly did some of the R&D work. And he said, nope, that's right. We actually flew it further back than that. And it's fine <laughs> that it should be where we say it should be. And so I'm like, all right, Captain, follow you. I made it yesterday and it flies great with the CG that far back. Um, obviously, there's a lot of factors that go into all that that determine where CG should be. But 40 for me is typically a 3D style airplane, even with all those other factors accounted for. But 
um, if somebody looks at the manual and says, wow, that seems far back, it fits on this airplane. It just works. It's a great flying airplane. Uh, it, when I flew yesterday, it was pretty windy here. Um, takeoff rolls were inches. And with no side area, it doesn't care about the wind at all. Mm -hmm. Didn't mind that it was there. Um, put in two flights on it, no problems. It's very aerobatic. It rolls like crazy. I have triple rates on it. So even on the bottom aileron rate, which is 50%, does nice rolls. Great inverted flight. Of course, the only thing I couldn't do was knife edge. But flew it and uh, had fun with it. And with a 1,300 milliamp hour battery, um, getting like five-minute flights. So I look forward to trying out again when there's less wind or no wind, just see how it does then. But another interesting thing about it, one servo drives both ailerons. So in stock form, you can't do flapperons. But based on what I saw yesterday, I don't think you need them. Hmm. So yeah, fun airplane. I look forward to logging some more time on it and ringing it out. And it seems like it's going to be really tough too. So I think it'll be one of my uh, daily beaters. Yeah, Fitz and I didn't buy you an airplane. <laughs> We're terrible. How about you, Epoxy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, you did. Yeah, so I didn't mention that. Thank you, Lee. If you look, there's a, a video on Instagram on our Facebook page that after you guys left, it was a few days later, I had to glue something, and I was looking at my epoxy bottles, and I'm like, that rascal. You had written some <laughs> not so um, nice things on my epoxy bottles because they may have crystallized a little and changed color over the years and looking at them you know how the epoxy usually has the name of the hobby shop where they came from on my 30 minute epoxy that hobby shop has been gone for years um fitz odyssey hobby yeah odyssey was that hobby. the one yep. at clear lake yeah that how long has yep. that been gone oh oh pushing 10 years yeah, I'm, like I'm sure I bought it when I lived there, and yeah. that's been more than 10 years ago. So that epoxy was at least that old. I mean, it works. For the stuff that had crystallized, I just put it in hot water for a few minutes, and it loosens up. Lee was having none of that. So, <laughs> no, 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 no. So he it's made wrong. fun of me in person, and then I found his <laughs> love notes later. And then last week, uh, a package arrived on the doorstep with some new epoxy in it. So thank you, Lee. Is that a, a real man has fresh epoxy? <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you, half the people that commented on our post said, ah, just put it in the microwave. It'll be fine. Yeah, that's so, wrong. Like I, when I did my research a while back, because I had been practicing with different epoxies, which is also why I got that vacuum chamber to do some testing. Oh, yeah. You know, most, most of the stuff, not all the stuff said, you know, if you keep it at room temperature, it can last for several years. But the stuff I found was a two-year shelf life. Yeah. That's the that's the date you should put on your epoxy and say, throw me out in two years. That's probably reasonable. Um, the 30-minute stuff was a nice deep amber color. I mean, so I was looking for a mosquito in there that had dinosaur <laughs> DNA in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you. That's my third thank you. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Lee. You're you know what? What the hell? Thank you, Fitz. Just, just for being here. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so those are my thank yous. Now, I went to an event last weekend. I know, Lee, you're probably getting the twitch because we're coming up on two hours. So I'll give you the elevator pitch on the event. This was the Warbirds and Classics. Maybe there's more to it. 
but uh, it was the event in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Big, big event. People came from all over. There was a contingent, I think, from Arizona. Wow. I think there were some people from Texas there. Um, there was a big Canadian presence. Interestingly, I'll go ahead and take my first swerve here. I was talking to one of the people manning the, the desk up there about the Canadian contingent. Like, oh, there's no more reciprocity between the AMA and MAC. So all the guys that came from Canada had to get AMA um, memberships to participate. So did we talk about that reciprocity ending? You mentioned it before, I think. Yeah. So that happened a few months ago. And yeah. at, I think it was Max doing when they were in the middle of their I think situation. When, uh, Bruce, when Bruce was on, I think we talked about it. Was it? Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, we probably need to do an update on where things are with Mac and Canadian modelers in general. So our Canadian friends out there, let us know where things stand. Are you still in the muck or things? Is your outlook better now? Yeah. They opened back up again. Weren't they had a total shutdown for a while? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And yeah. uh, it wasn't looking good. But anyway, um, in the midst of that, Mac cup ties with the AMA. There used to be reciprocity where AMA members could fly at MAC fields in Canada. MAC members could fly at AMA fields here. Uh, mm. But that is no more. Um, so anyway, a great event. It's mostly large warbirds, mostly large gas-powered warbirds. But I was really surprised by the number of electric models that were there. Big stuff, too. And big mm. like fighters, not all observation planes and you know, slow stuff. So uh, we were represented well. And of course, there were lots of good gas-powered models, a lot of turbines flying off the grass field there. It's a great facility, lots and lots of people there. There's a big spectator presence. Um, I don't know how long this event has been in Fond du Lac, but the community comes out and watches. They set up their chairs and they watch the not just the noontime air show part, but just the events going on throughout the day. Hmm. So I went to it last year for a short while. And when I left, I promised myself, I would have something ready to participate this year. Um, I lied to myself. I did not participate. I just went and spectated for a while. Um, so I promised myself again that I'll have something ready to participate next year. And you guys hold my feet to the fire on that one because I do want to participate. Whatever happened to that big Eindecker you had? That's the one I have in mind to to get ready. Oh, you still it's, have it? Okay. I still have it. I have I all the parts. I remember seeing it when we were there. Yeah, the wings, which were completed when I bought it, again, more than 10 years ago. This is an SR Batteries Eindecker, 100-inch span. Um, I intend to do it electric, I think. I still go back and forth whether to do it electric or gas, but my soul tells me it needs to be electric. So, yeah, that's the plan for that one. The wings have been built. They've gone through three moves now. Houston to Lubbock to Buffalo to, Yeah. So uh, there's a little bit of damage there, but nothing that I couldn't fix pretty easily. So I just need to get everything off the bench and put that thing on it and get it built. Oh, so, so it's not built. Just no, no. Only the wings were put together. Everything else oh, is still okay. in the boxes. For yeah. some reason, I thought it was it, it was built. Nope. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, anyway, lots of other cool stuff to see there. There was an Eindecker there. I couldn't tell if it was the SR or the Balsa USA. I don't know the differences between them, but I thought it had an interesting paint scheme. So I took a picture of it. I spent a few hours today going through my photos. Um, I didn't mean, get many great photos. I was there mostly in the morning. And in the morning, the sun is on the other side of the runway. So all the planes were backlit. So had it been there in the afternoon, I probably would have got much better photos. But I got a few salvageable things. And I'll share them when I've processed everything. So trying to think of particular highlights. Just so many cool planes there. 
Um, I've seen some of, videos on YouTube, so you guys can check that out. Yeah, and if you want to link some, that would be helpful. All right. Um, so good job to, I don't know the name of the club, but the RC Club in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Great event. Um, I look forward to participating next year. Thanks for, they gave me a pass so I could go out on the flight line and take some pictures. So I appreciate that. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, really cool. If you're in the area, it's worth the drive. Again, people come to participate from miles and miles away. So it, it's just a big deal. Lots of people there. Lots of uh, very unique airplanes. Um, a DO-335. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. And from what I could tell, it only had an engine in the front. Had a propeller in the back, but I think it was just freewheeling. Oh, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, but man, <laughs> that sucker was loud. It, it sounded, it was a good loud, but it was loud and fast. Mm. Um, so that'll be in my pictures. It looked really good. There was one tent that had almost all Axis stuff. There was like a ME-262, a 190, the Dornier, and some other stuff. So Fitz, you would have mm. been drooling all over that. Lots of good Japanese models there. A really nice big Tony uh, with oh, a nice yeah. sounding engine. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't shoot any video. I did all still photos. But as Lee said, there is some video out there. So, yeah, that's going to have to do it for, for my summary of that. And, oh, I got to run into Dan Sponholes there. Hi, Dan. Thanks for meeting up with me for a little while. And uh, my buddy Tony Lewis was there as well, but I was out taking pictures while he was there, so we missed. So sorry about that. And I got to run into a couple other people and chat with them. Always fun to do. So thanks guys. And, uh, I'm counting on you people, especially you two right here to make sure that I get that Eindecker built or get something built to participate next year. It's a big bird event. So 80 inch monoplane, 60 inch biplane. We've mm -hmm. talked about this before. What's the rule with EDFs or jets in general? Is there a, I'm sure that, I don't know if it fits no. under the, for wingspan or what? Yeah. I thought maybe at least 40-inch wingspan or something. Oh, that's nothing. What was it? Uh, I don't remember. Usually, jumps is kind of nebulous. Yeah, usually, there was... Turbines are usually fairly large. And, well, yeah. very recently, but... Yeah, I remember there were a couple T-33s that put on a good show there. Uh, there was a, a, a Vulcan there, <laughs> a, a 4-EDF Vulcan. It was 80-inch span. Oh. Yeah, that was really oh. impressive. Quite logical. Um, scratch built. Um, so I got some pictures of that one. Uh, you'll hear more about that in my yeah. column. So for my upcoming column, which won't appear for a few more months because the the lead times of magazine writing, but I focused on the electric powered models that were there. So you'll see some more details on a few of those. So, but anywho, that was uh, Warbirds and Classics over Fond du Lac and Fond du Lac, attacking Fond du Lac, whatever they call it. Um, Attack on Fond du Lac. Yeah. Neat. Sounds like a great event. It is. So next time you guys come up for Oshkosh, stick around for an extra three weeks. And, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll head down there. Sure. No problem. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, all right. That's all I have. Are we missing anything? Are we forgetting anything? Best. Oh, yeah. Coming up. Best. This is coming it's up. Coming. Bombers, com bombers before that. Bombers in what? Three weeks? Yeah, bombers coming. One, two, three weeks away is bomber. Yeah. Holy smokes! Bomber field. Is this the B seventeen flying? 
Yeah. Or the warbird big, flying. Big bird. Big bird. Okay. Big bird. B seventeen and big bird flying. Yeah. Uh, was it thirty fifth anniversary? Is that right? Thirty fifth. The three minute anniversary, another big giant pizza on Friday. Uh -huh. I think <laughs> so. Yeah, that's coming. Wait, man, where's a year ago? Dang, I will not have that P38 ready. <laughs> the one you were gonna have ready last year, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, because I got it. <laughs> there was no way, yeah. So it sounds like we need a monthly Eindecker update and a monthly P38. P38, update. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got a room I could put it in. Yeah, yeah, you got a space now. <laughs> I got a new workroom. <laughs> yeah, a 12 volt battery and alligator clips should be you part know, of that. I should just do that. Put a table in there and put the P38 and then take a picture and send it to Austin. Thanks for the new space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right. I think uh, we've talked enough. Why don't you guys pull us out? The two fits. No. Oh, Poke. alrighty then. Okay. <laughs> well, they're all pointing at me. Pick it on me for you're the voice. Fine, I'm going home. See you guys later. Thanks to everybody for watching and listening to the RC Roundtable, and um, go buy some KNS stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll see you next time, and uh, remember to like and subscribe, and you can find us on iTunes and Podbean and so forth. And if you said anything obnoxious or insulting, please send us a note at contact at rcroundtable.com. And send corrections. And send corrections. <laughs> we'll send those to, to Lee and Terry. Terry. <laughs> Terry. <laughs> that goes to Terry. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening and watching, and we will see you next time. Bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening. <laughs>